I'm Damien the DM from Adventures in Aurelia, a collaborative storytelling experience told through a game of Dungeons and Dragons, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other epically geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 63 of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am Stephen John Drew, and I would introduce SP, but you're supposed to get right to the content. That's what the listeners tell us. No introductions, just right to the content, just <laughs> right to the story, the, the hook, as people say. And no, I'm not the hook, and nobody wants to come here to watch SP. Ah, uh, yes, we are here. I think I called you Stargate Pioneer right now, didn't I? Yeah, it's, well, it's you know it's yeah, still my habits. moniker out there. Yeah. Old habits die hard. Sorry, I should say I would introduce SP. There we go. That's better. Okay, but you didn't, so we got to get right to the content. <laughs> uh, we are here with Better Podcasting Live Chat. If you didn't know this, this is a show where we randomly talk some random better podcasting topics about podcasting. Randomly. At least it's not random that we're talking about podcasting. More specifically, hobby podcasting is what we really like to focus on in this show. But this is a live chat, just a <laughs> talk between Stephen and me. We got a chat room, so if people have questions, they can go ahead and ask them. Yeah. Or uh, may or may not answer them. I mean, it really depends. It's got to be family-friendly, folks. Family-friendly. For sure. And if you didn't know this, uh, we actually recorded last week's episode only a few days ago. Today, we are recording this on Wednesday, the 20th of September. And we actually recorded the last episode on the 17th, this past Sunday. And SP, guess what? Even with all of my problems over the last few months getting things out on time, I managed to release that episode only a few hours later and got that out on Sunday. I think that's one of the quickest turnarounds I've had for better podcasting or better podcasting live chat. Got it out within a few hours. And I even had to do a little video editing too. You can go ahead and celebrate that accomplishment. That is fair. That is fine. But I'm just here to tell you in the future, I'm going to need a little bit more space from you than just two days. I'm just going to need more <laughs> days in between when I have to see you. Yeah, you know what? You put, should have put that in your contract, but you didn't. It so. is in my contract. Oh. No, no, it's in there. It's is the it? clause. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the space clause. <laughs> if you missed it, in the last episode, only a few days ago, uh, we announced that the previous week, so that would have been episode 61, we had, uh, I had offered to give away a blues guide code and Damien had won that. So I was in a good mood. Sunday morning was getting ready. Uh, first thing in the morning, nothing had ruined my day yet. And, uh, I, I decided to give a second one. Well, we had that claimed actually in only a few days. Uh, we had Scatman claim that. So that's two better podcasting people who are now on blue sky that were not thanks to our giveaway. So thank you, you two for coming on there. And Hey, although we're not giving a code away, if you are interested in uh, joining Blue Sky, make sure you let us know because occasionally a Blue Sky code will pop up and maybe, you know, if we've got one around, maybe we'll give that to you. No promises on it, but uh, let us know because you never know if uh, if we have a Blue Sky code, it, it might work out in your favor if you let us know your interest. I heard our biggest fan, Johnny Pennington, may or may not have. A blue sky code. Oh, really? Oh, mm -hmm. Johnny, you should get yourself on the sky that is blue. It's only working when the sky is blue. On rainy days, the service goes down. 
That would be terrible. <laughs> a rainy day. That's the day that I'd want to be on blue sky. Nope. It's gone because it's, you know, raining. I wonder if it would operate in snow. Uh, I would think it depends on whether the snow is still falling. If the snow is falling, then the sky is most likely very gray. However, there's possibilities once the snow falls and there's lots of snow on the ground. Sometimes you get a nice blue sky afterwards once, once it all breaks. So in the winter, blue sky would go down like 16 hours out of the day. Well, that's not, I wasn't the one that made the platform SP. <laughs> Don't complain <laughs> no, to me. That would, that would be Jack who started Twitter. <laughs> he also started blue sky. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on from blue sky. Actually, before we do that, go to betterpodcasting.com forward slash contact. If you would like to find all of the different social media that we are at. And I actually just throw this out there. After I promoted that a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, crap, I got to get our blue sky and our threads in there. And I went and I uh, I looked and I had already done it. So I just <laughs> forgot about it. So it was like a gift to myself from prior Stephen. How drunk were you when you put it on there to begin with? I don't remember. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that good of a day. All right. <laughs> Hey, we have tons of stuff to talk about. There's a few things that we just left on the floor last time because, well, we were having such a great time. We just didn't get to them because we were talking about other stuff. And I think, you know, Stephen, you had a few things that you gracefully left on the table to talk about today. I think you should go first today. Oh, well, thank you. You're so kind. Uh, I want to start off by acknowledging something that's been in, in the works for uh, a little while now, and people are really starting to feel it on social media. Uh, it's that there was some legislation that was passed in Canada to do with uh, news articles and news sites and things like the Facebook and the Google having to pay if they are linking those, basically, if they are driving traffic, because there's a whole advertisement reasoning behind it. Allegedly, followed similar to, I think it was Australia or something like that. Anyways, I, I don't know all the semantics of the politics of it, but the bottom line is that uh, I think Google and Facebook, and Facebook's where it really matters, you can't link to a Canadian news site anymore. I don't even know if you can link to an American news site as a Canadian. What happens when you try to do that? You'll actually end up um, uh, getting a message that says you can't link to Canadian news. So as a Canadian, this has actually changed my Facebook quite a bit. And it kind of takes me back. I got to admit, it kind of takes me back to the olden days. And so um, there's a lot less news in my feed. But the reason I wanted to mention it is because you never know where this is going to expand. If you're a Canadian, you should be aware of that as well. You should be aware if you are crafting social media for posts on Facebook for your podcast, if you are linking to news sites, your Canadians might not be seeing it um, because obviously there's a little bit of uh, brouhaha happening. And from what I, I, I've gathered, and I haven't done a lot of digging, but from what I've gathered, it looks like when this legislation happened, wherever it was, Australia or whatever, there was sort of a standoff at the time. And eventually it did end up working that, you know, there was something that happened and it came back to wherever it was once that was all figured out. I'm hoping eventually that will happen with Canada, but I wanted to mention that because if your social media posts right now on Facebook or maybe elsewhere eventually uh, have a link to a news site, you Canadians might not be seeing it. I, I know I, I don't see them in my feed. So we have, I believe, two Australian listeners to this podcast. So 
Uh, hi, how you doing? Hi, how's it going down there? Uh, I actually have been following this through secondary means and on Reddit and stuff like that. So basically, and I'm going to summarize this at a high level. I'm not going to get down into the weeds, but basically what's happening is all these news sources, you know, from like newspapers, they're, they're not like selling subscriptions the way they used to, you, you know, because shocking <laughs> you get all this stuff online on your phone versus in the paper every day or on Sunday or whatever. So they've been losing a lot of money, but they still wanted to produce content. And in order to do that, they need money to pay their employees to do journalistic sort of stuff. So they lobbied their legislature, which I forget what it's called in Australia, but it's the legislative branch. And they, they lobbied them. And the government actually passed a law that says, okay, if you host a link to a new source, then you have to pay for uh, that placement of that link. So what Facebook did in Australia is they said, okay, we're just going to get rid of the news link because we're not going to pay these newspapers or media outlets any money, magazines, whatever. We're not going to pay them any money to have these links because they're asking for too much. They understood that it was a center core of what people went to their social media for was to get news and they understood that, but they also understood that they weren't, which would cause more people to use their system, which they could then place ads on their feeds and they, they could make money that way. But the, um, the fees were too high. So they said, okay, we're just not going to do it. So there's been some negotiation. I forget if that negotiation is done or not, but I've heard Europe wants to do the same thing. I heard Canada did the same thing as you just regaled. And I've heard there's touch and go with doing it here in the United States. I think the Facebook lobby is holding everybody at bay here in the United States, but that's the crux of things. Now, why is it important for podcasting is because, well, the same thing could be happening to podcasts. The more and more podcasts make money, which is on a downturn right now, but the more they make money, all of a sudden you're like, hey, I, I want a little piece of that. If you want to advertise your show, if you just want to post your show, you're going to have to pay us in order to do that, or we're going to have to pay you, you know, whatever the case is. So yeah, I could see that happening and I could see, uh, the social medias in general, uh, Facebook looking at you meta of just getting rid of links to podcasts at some point because of the same aspect. Yeah. And I had read that, that, they did work it out in Australia. And so I, I'd like to know if that is true, if that information I, I had seen is true. Um, but at the moment, it's not resolved in Canada. So yeah, just know that. Um, I want to also highlight right now that um, I don't know that I will continue as a Canadian linking to news articles that we discuss. I'm a little cautious. That's the other aspect of it that I wanted to mention. As a Canadian, and we talk about things, I don't know where that lands for me linking to a news article that we discuss because I'm creating content on the internet that has a link to that. Now, it's just a link. It's it's not actually embedding the content, and that's where I think the difference could be, but I'm a little uncertain about all of that, and, and I can't find any clear information about that, but I'm a little afraid that I'm setting myself up for a bad thing by linking to that. Like, we can chat all we want about it, but now that I'm actually posting, posting that content, 
Is, is that put me in a bad spot? I'm not sure. So I don't know. I haven't made a decision on that. I'm going to do some more digging, but it's definitely a, a question mark that's come up in my mind. And I could take the converse side that saying that they could pass a law saying it's illegal for you to discuss a topic without sourcing it. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, you know, I, so it's something to be aware of. Keep in mind all of your local laws, how it all affects your content creation and worst case scenario you just do what i said last week which is make a podcast just for yourself <laughs> sure yeah don't post it anywhere don't go to any media hosting service don't create an rss just uh you know have it right there on your computer and listen to it when you want to yeah there we okay. go liberty dude has a solution we're just gonna blame you for the post even though it says my name we'll just blame you uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? Everybody blames me for something. But yeah, I thought that was, it, I had, be honest with you, Stephen, I saw that in the show notes. I'm like, yeah, I, I heard about that, but I'm glad that it's uh, affecting you to the point where you're noticing it and mm -hmm. it's become a thing. And like you said, you are now liking your new Facebook feed, right? And, and, and it's not, you know, honestly, the surprise is not noticing it. It was a stark contrast as soon as they they flipped that switch. It was like a, an unbelievably different experience over on Facebook. So I got to ask you this, though. are Is there an increase in posts of snapshots, you know, screenshots of the news story being posted? I haven't seen that. No, no, I haven't. Okay. And I don't know if they have something that's filtering that I that I can't address because I haven't tried it. OK. All right. Well, yeah. it's good to know. Good to yeah. Know. Uh, the so, other thing that I wanted to quickly mention, I'll just get this off the table really quick, is um, there was a update with um, the Mackie DLZ creator. We talked about this before, and uh, they're actually implementing um NDI. And so NDI is a video protocol that we have talked about before. Actually, Skype many, many years ago started to include the ability to pull NDI feeds. We've done some videos over the year talking about NDI. Neither of us currently use NDI in our day-to-day -day flow, but this is uh, something that actually will make it easier to pull things into software if you're using the Mackie DLZ creator. So I just wanted to give that a quick shout out that, hey, if you're all crazy with the way that you're pulling in multiple feeds and mul pulling in feeds into your computer and and you know not doing a simple podcasting solution and you've got the dlz creator you should look into that over on the r podcasting subreddit which i'm a moderator full disclosure i go over there all the time every day and i see posts every day and more likely than not Two to three times a day, there's somebody that pops in and says, how do I do a, a podcast? I I need three camera shot and I need some microphones and I need a way to combine it all together. What do I do? What do I do? And, you know, it's kind of funny because, okay, you want a three camera shot. And we've talked about it before, Stephen, on here, where the simple vlogging cameras that you would want to work in that situation into some sort of a, a combined switch that you could then feed into your video program. Each camera is around $1,000. I just don't see that going down. You're going to be around $1,000. So automatically, when you do a video show and you want to get those three camera shots, you're talking about $3,000 just for the video cameras alone. 
not to mention any hardware to combine them together, not to mention the audio equipment, not to mention the computer you're going to need to throw it all together, not to mention the, the software and that sort of stuff. So I know why people are doing it because they want to be, you pick your favorite video podcaster. I'm just going to use the name because it's overused Joe Rogan. They want to be Joe Rogan. So I want these three cameras shot to be the Joe, the new Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. If that's your jam, if that's what you want to do to have fun, yeah, go for it. But just know that it's going to be expensive unless you use your smartphone, mm-hmm. your existing smartphone. And if you're three dudes or three people, you don't have to be three dudes, but if you're three people, you have more than likely three smartphones with a camera on it. And that's where that NDI comes in is because you can link your phone's camera into the video switching and recording program through the NDI. That's why this is important. So you can do that. Now, do I still advocate doing that? No, I don't. Because I think if you're just starting podcasting, I think you should do audio. Steven, you slightly differ with me on that, but I just think it's an unnecessary complication to start out with. Yeah, the only thing that I would say is if you are somebody who has a decent computer, especially with things like the uh, the current Mac chips, um, and and I don't have any firsthand experience with it, but I think that you're, you know, the alternative thing you could set your sights on is to say, I'm not doing 4K, I'm going to do 1080, and I'm going to get myself three Logitech C922s or of that C920s because they do still sell those or something similar and and hook those all up maybe to the, a, a single decent laptop and bring that into OBS or or XSplit or something like that because if you look at I'll use your example Joe Rogan the video's not great like th- their shots are back half the time from guests sometimes they're even framed not great but they're there to give a visual to the content that is being discussed Take that same approach. You don't need super clear picture. You don't need to have super tight shots all the time. If you are somebody that is actually going to say, I definitely want to do this video and I want to make my life complicated, more complicated than it needs to be by having multiple cameras, maybe start there if your computer will support it. It may not. Video is very intensive, but you know, there, there has been some progress on the Mac side, and a lot of people who podcast uh, are getting into Macs or already have Macs, and so, you know, maybe give that a shot at first. I can't speak to having three C20s on a on a new M2 chip. Never tried it. I don't even know if that would work. I mean, I think you could have a C20 and a C22, but I, I don't think you could have two of any of them. I think you know the the drivers. I, I know it I've goes done by it the driver oh, okay. on Windows. I don't know about Mac though. Okay. You know, no, I don't know about Mac. The only one in our sphere that would know about Mac would be Chris Farrell, and he's not here right now. So, Chris, if you're listening to this, we would like to know. Uh, so, for the audience, though, that now that has gone very techy in this conversation <laughs> and boring, right? Talking about video and stuff like, oh, I can't believe they're talking about video again. We actually had an argument earlier today, you know, Stephen and I. We we legit we talking did. about we did. And actually, what happened was it's the first time I've ever met him. I actually got on a plane, I flew down, I saw him. We got in a physical fight. I flew back, and and now I'm home. So there was no physical fight. It was just it it was messaging back and forth. Oh, anyway, uh, we, who did we, I fight then? <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, the first thing about Fight Club, you don't talk about Fight Club, right? Uh, no. So we we came up with, and Stephen, you said you wanted to ask me this question. So I don't know if you really want to ask me this question or if you want me to just lead into no, it. No, you here, lead but, into it. Go ahead. Okay. So talking about video shows, there's been this thing over the past months about YouTube opening it up to distributing podcasts to YouTube video or uh, I believe it was music, YouTube music, I, th I think it is. Uh, and then opening it up that way. And everybody's going gaga over that. Like, oh, we, we finally broke in. We, we got it and everything. Well, when you dial back the peel the onion sort of thing and you're like, OK, what actually has happened here is, yeah, they throw a video on there, but it's a static image video that you end up producing up through there, which is different than the video that we do for this show right here, because it's a talking head show, but at least you can see the person that's talking. And then Steven has different scenes that he can go back and forth. When I produce my shows like Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., I have different scenes that I can go back and forth. And uh, apparently if you do it fast enough, you can give somebody a seizure uh, like Steven just tried to do. But you have that capability. And we have talked about that on the show before, that that is our preference because of the viewability. It, the algorithm sees this as a better instance for people to actually consume because it's not just a static uh, image and people tend to be engaged more. Now, I can't speak if our retainability is 100% or anything like that, but I can speak to the fact that I would prefer to watch a live action talking head podcast show than I would a static image. And I think a lot of people would too. So that brings up to the question is, would you prefer to put the time in to get the cameras to record the video, to edit the video, and then upload it to YouTube as a video show? Or do you prefer uh, just put it out there in RSS and get the SEO just from the words that are in the title, the transcript, because YouTube is a good search algorithm out there. So that's the question. We kind of talked about it before, but I sense a little debate coming here. I'd love to know what the listeners say before we get too much into it myself. And, and so I'm tempted to just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit here um, and, and see, see what listeners say. And just to recap, you're saying, would you rather upload to YouTube just the, the audio into the RSS feed or spend the time and effort on a video show because of the, the benefits that come to having a proper video on YouTube? Is, is that, is that the question that you're positing? Is that the right That's word? That's the question. Yes. <laughs> okay. Correct. And the other thing that I, I'd like to bring up right now is, uh, is there a third option of just video with no audio? Just kidding. Yeah, it's called it's called rendering your video incorrectly and throwing it up there and seeing how many people actually stay engaged for a while. Uh, I mean, I guess it'd be great for people that are reading lips, but I don't th I don't think the YouTube algorithm would even put captions on that because it's not reading lips. It's actually trying to get a transcript from the sound wave. So, yeah, I just see it more and more advocated. Oh, just throw it up. You finally got on YouTube, just publish it there and, and all your stats will come back to your media host and everything. I'm like, 
yeah, what stats? What, who's going to be watching a static image show? And I get from time to time people say, oh, yeah, we got tons of listeners. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who did you pay to actually, you know, <laughs> throw bots at it or something? I, I don't think there's that much of a market for an audio only show on YouTube. So I think you need, if you're going to grow your channel, if it's going to be sustainable, if you're going to get into that algorithm, that you need to at least have a talking head video like uh, Linus Tech Tips, the uh, the show that they do on Friday nights. What what's that called? Uh the WAN show. The the WAN show. Imagine the WAN show with just a static image. You gonna watch that? Yeah. Um, I still want to have the audience chime in. I I'm actually. <laughs> It's not much of a debate between you and I, because I still think YouTube's market is is largely video. And I think that you need to know what your market is, where it is. And um, like uploading a video file to your podcast media host, even if they technically support video, that's a question that they do. Some do. I don't think there's any benefit to that because how many people are really downloading video podcasts that aren't on YouTube? It's a very small amount. On YouTube, it's probably the opposite. More people are looking for video. They're going to click in and want to see it. And so I think we're we're headed through transformation with, with what YouTube is doing. Whether that sticks or not, you never know. It's Google. Google could change their mind at any any moment of the day. So. I think we're on a path at the moment to have that change and transform so that audio only on YouTube makes a little more sense. They have some tools that are out there right now. But what is the uptake on that? I, I'm questionable whether there's a huge market in YouTube right now for audio only. I think you got to have the video if you if you want to, to, to really draw from that YouTube crowd. That's now, my, here, my thoughts. I'm going to throw a wrench in this right now. Okay. I am. Because what is something that you would watch a static image video for? Uh, music? Music. So if you have decent sound design to your audio drama mm -hmm. or your playthrough podcast, and it's a static image, but you have decent sound design back there between music and sound effects and stuff like that, is that okay to upload to YouTube? I want to say that I think that no matter what you do, it's okay to upload to YouTube in an audio-only format because there is potentially somebody listening through one of those new tools that are out there. Or if we do go through this transformation, you're prepared for the future and you know it's better to be there than not. But I say, where is that listener going? Yes, people are going to YouTube for music because they know they can get music on YouTube. Somebody who is going to get a podcast, where are who's looking for audio only, where are they currently going? I would wager that currently it's still through the Apple podcast, still through Spotify, and people aren't necessarily going over to YouTube for their only their audio only podcast. Are they going over for your talking head videos? Yes, they are, because that's what YouTube is. I, I haven't heard enough swing of people going, yeah, I go and I punch up better podcasting to listen to it on YouTube. I, I, I don't see that yet in the market. But 
whether people start to, maybe they might. Again, those tools are out there by by Google, whether they last or not. I'm a, I'm a Google guy. I, I live in Google. I got so much Google stuff. I'm the first to say that they're quick to abandon everything and you never know what the future is. So I, I'm very hesitant to fully embrace new things like the the recent podcast related features that they've put into YouTube and the way they have set up a transformation to really encourage audio only content. I'm very hesitant to spend my time there. All right. So you, you mentioned that Google likes to drop things and there's in the podcasting sphere, there's been a lot of things that Google has dropped. Google Podcasts, we've had issues with the feeds on the Goody Geek Network over on Google Podcasts. Don't get Steven started on it. And also there's been this thing in the past called FeedBurner where you could create an RSS feed for free and you could distribute your podcast that way if you self-host the uh the the media right so you could get it out there you could also use it as a redirect so that you could change wherever your rss feed was coming just feed it into that a whole bunch of advantages to it but it's basically a dead thing they did update it a few years ago to make it functional again but it's not something that i want to put all my eggs in one basket and a few years ago and i say a few years ago do you realize this was 2017 2017 Raw Voice Media put out this feed burner clone called Podcast Mirror. And we talked about it before on Better Podcasting, saying we'll see how it goes. We'll see what happens with it. But can, we can you remind me, by the way, Podcast Mirror? That was yes. that thing where you could elect to have your RSS feed mirrored by them. Thus, your podcast RSS feed was actually being hosted by raw voice as opposed to you self-hosting your RSS feed. Is that correct? I believe that's correct. Okay. You're, you're actually more the expert on the RSS feed than I am, but yeah. I, I believe that's correct. I believe that was the case where, where the idea was that they were uh, raw voice was offering a product that they would, they would be able to mirror your pod, your RSS feed. Uh, but in the end, because you're using their service, you were no longer self-hosting your RSS feed technically. Go ahead. And why I'm laughing here is, is Stephen made a very pointed point because uh, the person that owns Raw Voice Media makes a, a very clear case to own your own RSS feed, as do a lot of people. But uh, in particular, uh, we'll just call him the Todd. The Todd has made that claim before. Well, the Todd put together this podcast. I don't know if it was him or a developer or whatever, but he owns the podcast mirror as part of raw voice media, which owns blueberry by the way. So blueberries in that, in that company and uh, the Todd has this, uh, I believe weekly show might be daily. Now I have no idea. I, I haven't listened to it in, in eons in ages, probably before the pandemic, it's called the new media show. And he does it with Rob, um, What's Rob's last name? Uh, Greenlee. <laughs> Greenlee, yes. Podca a podcast uh, a Hall of Famer, Rob Greenlee. And I think the Todd is also in there as, as a Hall of Famer, um, uh, probably because he started it. So anyway, uh, the the Todd and Rob Greenlee get together and they chat about things. And and I guess just on, on the 20th, so earlier today, they were talking, I got redirected to it by somebody on the R podcasting subreddit. They said, uh, the Todd said that this free feed burner clone called podcast mirror 
it, there's going to be an email that goes out tomorrow. I'm not spoiling anything because he spoiled it himself. This podcast mirror RSS redirect service from all voice media is going, and I don't know when, but I know it's going to be announced tomorrow is $60 a year because he's added podcasting 2.0 capability to it. So if you are redirecting your feed as a hobby podcaster for free using podcast mirror, this is your warning from better podcasting that you are either going to have to pay or you should probably stop using podcast mirror. Now, if you're into podcasting 2.0 and the value for value, and you can get into Satoshi's and, and wallets and figure out how to do all that stuff. Good on you. Good, good, good luck. I, I, it's way too complicated for me in the time that I have <laughs> to devote to hobby podcasting. It really, I, I have listened yeah to a lot of podcasting 2.0 sort of stuff. And I just, I, I get it on one hand and I have no desire to put in the time to do it. Um, I, I realize it does have some advantages, uh, but some media hosts out there do not embrace podcasting 2.0. Like for example, on the Better Podcasting Main Show, we host that on Libsyn. Libsyn does not embrace podcasting 2.0 specs. So if you wanted to take advantage of the value for value, you could slide on into Podcast Mirror and you could do it, right? But you're going to pay an extra $60 a year to do it. So just our warning to everybody, and you can go to today, September 20th, 2023's uh, new media show. I believe it's episode 557. I'll, I'm I'll interrupt you. You can go to podcastmirror.com. I've no, I checked it just after we chatted um, and it's all updated. The site is all updated to have all this information on there now. So okay. it, it's actually $60, $60 a year. Yeah. Yeah. $60 a year. So you're going to be paying $60 a year. And they, the Todd mentioned in his new media show that they made it very easy. There's a button that you can redirect, but he said, if you're going to redirect, take the redirect off of your original feed, like say you're hosting with Libsyn or whoever, Buzzsprout or Captivate or whatever, take the redirect that is going to Podcast Mirror out and then redirect back to your feed using the Podcast Mirror thing. Uh, I'm like, I, I feel fortunate that I don't have to deal with this because this is what aggravate yeah. the crap out of me. But uh, yeah, just fair warning to everybody. Podcast Mirror is changing. It's being paid. Yeah, changed uh, now that podcastmirror.com shows it all. We can say it's changed. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. And, uh, you know, the idea of taking an RSS feed, making it podcast 2.0, if you're into that, I think there is actually value there for a service. Putting all my, my sarcasm before aside, I think there's a service for that if you're into that. My personal thought on podcast 2.0 is I don't care about it until I see it actually embraced by the front lines by the people who are, are are the big directories of podcast consumption. Once you've got a big push in things like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and actually seeing value from that, at that point, I think it matters. At this point, I don't care what big name or former big name in the podcast space. And I say former big name because I'm going to just lay it all out here. There are names that used to be very big, very early on in the name of podcasting. They're basically nobodies now in the big scheme of what podcasting is. They might not recognize that they're nobodies now, but they relatively compared to where they used to be, they are because podcasting is such a broad thing now that far eclipses the early days of podcasting. Once you get the, the big push of the end user, the consumer 
the the you know the Joe Rogans, I guess. Well, since we're using that tonight, the the, the listeners that are going and they're subscribing in a big directory, and there's actually benefit from those. Then these sort of changes matter. Until then, it's just group of people making a push to try to implement something. And so that's my current stance. But there are people who are very different than me and they buy into podcasting 2.0 and, and they want to make it happen. And they might be using a, a, a someone like Libsyn, like SP mentioned. And the best way for them to maybe do that is a service like this. So, um, you know, I think there there is a possibility there of a service like this being needed. But that wasn't what this was originally made for Podcast Mirror. Podcast Mirror was there to offer a more robust RSS feed. Um, that was their big pitch about it. And so now all of those people might not see the value in 60 bucks a year. And so now they got to go through this. So I'm right there with you. I'm glad I don't have to go through it. Um, I, I will slightly, you know, just continue on my, my snark here. I don't know what they're thinking with their website. It's very, it's a lot of text. And and for a service now that's paid, I think they might want to rework their website a little bit. It's it's a, a little a little bland, a lot of text for for my personal thoughts. Maybe I'm out to lunch so, here. So are you, are you saying that a media hosting company might need to reach out and and get some web page media consulting in order to create it that's more appealing? to uh, modern consumers. I, I don't work in the biz. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> All right. I will. I, yeah. You're a media company. You should freaking have a website that actually I haven't seen it yet, but you should have a website that looks appealing. All right. So Steven, uh, I threatened something at the end of the last podcast that we did. Did you, what did you threaten? I threatened, I threatened and, and you got on the bandwagon. You were saying it is time that you wanted to go half and half. I did. I did want to go half and half. Did you go half and half this episode? I am about to. Oh, so for the audio listener, SP is pulling over uh, very sneakily his RE320 into frame because he has been podcasting so far on the SM7B up until this point. Now, this is not really half and half looking at the time as we are 45 minutes into an hour long show. However, it will suffice because he is about to switch over to the RE320, which means I'm gonna have to change the project template and go back and dig up your RE320 settings. But that's that's for editor Steven to figure out. However, you're about to speak for the first time back on the RE320, the first time in uh, what, like two months now? Uh, two or three months. Yeah. Wow. That is louder in my ears. I don't know if it's, it's louder to you. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Something's a lot louder with it for some reason. Yeah. I think it's just because it's not as gang hungry as the SM7B, which is one, one of the reasons why I couldn't use it before. At least the gain was clean on the Roadcaster Pro preamps and I, I didn't get the distortion with it as I was using it. So that's one of the reasons why I like the RE320 and why I transitioned away from other mics, a lot of other mics, not just the Shure SM7B. We have dialed in the Shure SM7B over the course of, of weeks. It is set where there is a not a roll-off on the bottom end, but it's accentuating the top end. So we kind of settled on that as that's the best for my voice over there. So this is the original settings on the RE320. 
It is on the same channel that I used before. So it's the same settings. I've been using channel two with the Shure SM7B. This is channel one on the Rodecaster Pro 2, which I had set for the RE320. So you are now hearing me through the RE320 as it was a few months ago. We'll have to go back in the feed and find out when I actually changed over. But yeah, this is the back to the RE320. So just me talking at length right here. Well, what do you think? You, you got a preference just off the bat? I'm not going to ask you to commit, but you got a preference just based on this right here? I I got to go... I don't know. The volume's throwing me off. You sound a lot bassier for some reason right now. Are you sure the SM7B is off? It's muted? Yeah, it is completely yeah, muted. Weird. I don't I'm know. Not getting, I will tap the S. Well, I'll uh, bring it back in the, uh, in the frame. So it's in frame. I'm going to tap it. Yeah. You, you, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I'll have to listen afterwards because it does sound different live versus what I get compressed over Video Ninja. So I'm not going to commit. I think they both sound good on you. I, I can't say either way. I, I might like the, slightly like the 7B better on you as you've dialed it in, but I don't know. This is the SP I've known, though. That's the tough part because I've known you for so many years on this. It's it's like going home. It's hard to remove that variable in the consideration because this is what we have podcast together on for years and years. Yeah. And eventually, I will still want to get an RE20, right. not a 320. I have an RE20 and try that out on my voice. And that is what I wanted to do. The only reason I got the Shure SM7B, if you're a new listener, if you're just picking it up, better podcasting for uh, since a few months, it was an incredible sale, mm -hmm. like an unprecedented sale. So I'm like, well, I'd be stupid not to pick one up because I wanted to eventually. So I did. And that is why I got that instead of the RE20, which is a, what I wanted to try to do either this year or next year. So next year or possibly the year after that, I'll get an RE20 and we'll go from there. And I, I still plan on podcasting for a while. So yeah, we'll, we'll uh, just go how it goes here. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to transition back over to the 320. I mean, I'm going to listen to myself. I think I'm going to go back to the Shure SM7B for a week or so until I get a chance to listen to this back to back and uh, find out for myself which one I would prefer. Because my, I'm just used to myself on this yeah. this microphone tube. So, but we did do at least two, if not three months on the Shure SM7B. So I did give it a good run. I, I will say that um, whether it is the change in um, your mixer or your preamp or whatever, it far better this time around on the SM7B than than you were the first time and and, yeah. and noticeably so. So, you know, a successful Surprisingly test. so. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly so. I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. And I was like, oh, man, this, this, <laughs> uh, this isn't that bad. Yeah. So anyway, I know Waffles, for one, he reminded me to do it. Actually, I'll give credit to Waffles. If he didn't remind me to do this earlier today, I wouldn't <laughs> have done it. I remembered to remind myself yesterday, but today was such a wall-to-wall -wall hassle at work. Right. I wouldn't have been able to do it. So yeah, this this is um, all because of Waffles. So if you're curious out there, if you're a better podcasting listener and you're like, hey, I'm, I was actually curious when Steven mentioned that, you can thank Waffles for making this happen tonight. He is. He whips us. Sometimes, occasionally, he's got to get the the chains out in order to to uh, be able to to keep us in line. Do you know he actually fires off cannons, like legitimate <laughs> <Really>? cannons? Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so why do I have chains, SP? That's the question. Why do I have, I, for the audio listener, I'm holding up chains right now. You are technically in your basement, so I don't want to know. <laughs> technically not. It's not really a basement. It's more like ground level. Um, but uh, I actually am, am holding chains because I use them for my podcast setup, believe it or not. <laughs> Confused yet? Is it the curtains? It's not the curtains. So we got to go back. I go way, way back. Last year, somewhere around November, Black Friday, it probably was. I ended up buying, as you know, I've been using a green screen for a very long time. And since I've been doing this, I mentioned this just a couple weeks ago, I have been oh. using a curtain green screen that I put on a piece of PVC and I've been holding up in stands. But back in November last year, I bought a retractable green screen mm -hmm. and I'm you like, did. this is great. It was a stupidly good deal. I'd actually been eyeballing it for, for a while. And then I noticed on Black Friday, I think it was, whatever the sale was, it dropped stupidly cheap. And I had been considering it before because it had dropped stupidly cheap again. I'm like, I got to get this. And then I got it and it has sat here unused for so long because I realized Mounting it was going to be a pain in the butt because uh, it meant to be hung off the ceiling and where I needed it was right in between two studs. The studs mm -hmm. basically in my room, they're going the way that I need them to be able to secure uh, the green screen behind me lengthwise. I'll call it lengthwise. I don't know which way you want to say, but we'll say lengthwise. But unfortunately, how far back I needed it, because I got limited room between me and mm -hmm. the desk, was right in between the two, uh, I, I'll, I call them stud, the joists. And so mm -hmm. I was like racking my brain. I even went to Home Depot one time and I started out. I'm like, this is way too expensive. And then I got, when I got really irritated a couple of weeks ago when I broke another one of my 3D prints, I went back and I'm like, you know what? Gonna wrap some chain. I'm gonna put a couple of eye, um, whatever you call the the eye anchors into the studs, throw chain between the two eye pieces, the eyelets, and then hang the uh the green screen between the two studs or the two joists by hanging it off of the chain. And so that's what I did. Yes, I put a hole put holes in my ceiling, but you know, I'll have other use for it. And uh it's a lot faster setup now. So, you know, for the audio listeners, you're going to miss out. I actually took a couple of pictures, but you can actually uh -huh. see there. So, um, you know, for the for the video viewer, you're actually seeing a little behind the scenes how I have the black curtain right now taped off of it. But that's how I ended up doing it. And, um, you know, I did that on Sunday. I don't know why I dragged my heels. It took me like half hour, 45 minutes max. And uh, it actually worked really well because I was able to get it to the right height. So I'm not hitting my head as I walk by it. Uh, I was able to get it right at the position that I wanted it so that it was right, um, right far back, but not too far back. It all worked out. So yeah, there we go. Okay. A few questions. When you put those eye bolts in, did you do them by hand or did you do it with like a screwdriver with a special bit or something? Like I that? used raw muscle. No, did that's not use... true. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> Well, I know some people will put like a screwdriver or a ratchet wrench in there and, and turn it around. Some people, there is a um, uh, an adapter that you can get for like an impact drill that you can use that as you go in. Um, I, you know, I did the use a screwdriver. So. Okay. 
So the, the chains are probably more palatable for looks because this is your home. But if you were in an industrial setting and you were creating like a set or something like that, two by fours, that's all you need. Yeah. You screw in two by fours up there and that's it. But you can't do it well. You would prefer not to do that because this is your home. And I, I'll admit those chains actually look a ton better than a two by four would have. And that was the thing I had actually thought about doing the two by four. But for the audio listener, you didn't see um, I've got the textured ceiling. And luckily, I forget what you call that texture method. I'm I, I don't remember stamping. It. Yeah. And so when I pull them out one day, you'll be able to relatively hide it by by using some some spackle to, to fake it. So, you know, you'd be able to tell when you get up close. But I've you know, I've seen it done on these ceilings before where you kind of blends in a little bit. But, it, you know, it's it's a, I should have done it sooner. I really should have, because the the den that I, I'm in, I got a 3D printer. It's a mess. Like, you know, I, I don't really care that much about the look anyways. And just so much easier to set up. The next thing I got to figure out is the whole black curtain thing, because right now it's uh the black curtain over my shoulder. It's taped on there right now, but I don't know. Every week I'll have to tape it on. <laughs> Well, I'm going to throw a teaser in there, Stephen. You don't even know this. Okay. Uh, next week when we talk, my studio will look different. Ooh, that's exciting. And um, in the uh, chat, actually, I, I want to linger on that for a minute because I don't want to sound dismissing. I'm, I'm excited to find out what that means. Yeah, well, I know uh, you are. I, I'm very, yeah, very you, curious. You, you, had, you, you had a direction to go and you yeah. were going to go there. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, but yeah, my studio will hopefully look different the next time I see you. Ooh. Uh, in the chat, though, we did have uh, we cow it oh say. So is the image behind you a stock image or something you set up to take pics of your mics and then piece them together? <laughs> so this goes back before our hiatus on better podcasting. That was actually physically there. They this whole big thing. This monstrosity with the microphones was a real physical backdrop that I had. Um, it was illuminated. It changed colors. Um, right now it is orange. Uh, it was, uh, I had the ability to change the colors. So on Gunna Geek Show, it was blue, changed these mics all out. And so, uh, during the hiatus, I'd actually had that here. And, and, oh, and by the way, every time I finished podcasting, I had to wheel it off to the side of the room. I put wheels on it. It was a big monstrosity. And partway through the the hiatus, um, and it was a long way into the hiatus, I got really tired of it one day, and and I was trying to get around it, and I had to move it and then move it back, and I just was like, on my lunch because I was working home. On my lunch, I started to dismantle it because I was so so annoyed. So um, I had had pictures of it from previous. Uh, we had done a couple of gags over on the Good Geek Show with it before. Um, when we had had Suncast guest on there, he he had used it or something, and. And so I'd had some some pictures of it taken and I had to slightly modify the orange because the screenshot that I had was not great. It was more yellow. And so I had to kind of doctor it a bit in um, Affinity Photo to, to get it back to the orange that it, we had used before. But um, yeah, so that used to physically be the background that you see used to physically be in here, uh, including the black curtain. The black curtain was part of it. I used to have to clip it onto the backdrop every single time. Looked a bit better when it wasn't green screened. So hopefully that answers that. Couple of points here. First of all, all those microphones are real. You own all those microphones or you at least used to own all those microphones. I don't know if you sold any or not, but all those microphones were real and they were yours and you have used them on the podcast 
over the course of the years. So that that's one thing that I, I want to clarify that those microphones are real and they were Stevens and he could use them. And then second of all, what Steven didn't tell you when he dismantled it, like any good Canadian, he um, used his moose gun and started going to town <laughs> on it. And that is how he dismantled the backdrop is he just started using the moose gun and just hammering into it and that's how it it there's no more it it doesn't exist anymore people it's in it's in a lot of pieces and it's been uh cleaned up and you know his, his wife had to come in and like steven <laughs> it was one of those lunches right <laughs> you know <laughs> i guess we gotta throw it away now <laughs> um uh, last thing that i want to mention before we get off the topic of the green screen is um the light it's interesting. When I did this, I actually had to change some of my settings because the green is a different green. The other one was darker. So I actually had to go in and tinker a little bit. And this one um, actually works a little bit better as far as maintaining some of the rest of the color in my frame um, as far as the, the non-green screen stuff. The other one, I guess, because it was a bit darker, it was pulling out a little bit more color from the rest of the image. So this one, actually, I was a little happy with where I was able to to make some changes and actually back off um, some of the gamma and stuff. So I was pretty happy with that. But unfortunately, um, the color, there's something about it that the lighting, I, I need to work a little bit, a little bit more on the lighting because the lighting I was using before on it what, um, is really uneven now on this, this material. I guess the material different is, is, is less forgiving. So I've got to work a little bit more on that. But that's a... Uh, that's easy. I got a few different lights that are on stands that I just kind of pop up and adjust brightness. But, you know, I, I want to eventually get rid of the green screen again. I've, I mentioned that before. I, I would like to start wearing green again. <laughs> <laughs> well, just go to a blue screen then. Well, then I can wear blue. I'm just, you know, you can use two. You can yeah. put up a blue screen and then when you want to wear blue, throw the green screen down. And if you want to wear green, throw the blue screen down. The chain is weighted quite heavily. I could have two. You are right on that. <laughs> yes, yes. And I know this. So I am getting ready for a baby shower in a couple of weeks. And in order to have a photo backdrop, I actually bought an adapter for the photo backdrop that used to be behind me. And it's got two, uh, two um, racks, for lack of a better term, two holders. And I'm going to have a photo backdrop on the front one and then a background to the photo backdrop on the back one. So it's going to have two photo drops on the same curtain. Can you take a photo of the photo backdrop and enlarge that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, you asked a question a couple of weeks ago about microphone positions and I want to recap it really quick because I thought it was an interesting conversation. And uh, during the show, you had posed the question, what side is your recording device on left or right? Yep. And in my, you know, half paying attention state, I went and I posted up specifically about microphones. And then as I yes, was, you did. as I was previewing <laughs> it back, I'm like, wait, that's not the question that he asked. So then I went and I did a follow up. So let's start with the first one that I asked, which is what side is your mic stand on left or right? And in my defense, it's because your question spurred out of the original conversation about mic arms, but it was your question was better. So uh, my my poorer question, uh, John S. Badger said left for the mic stand. Damien said left as well. But he said when I DM slash record for the show, it's on the right, though. Liberty Dude said on editing desk on left. 
mic arm on both sides. What? In a recording space, AI and mic arm on the right, reworking both spaces, things may dr change dramatically. So a whole bunch of confusion there with Liberty Dude. Uh, Boba Fett ship said right. And then he came back a minute later, 10 minutes later, actually, and said, on second thought, left. I just reset my mic. <laughs> so technically, he was correct. It was right. And then 10 minutes later, it was left. Uh, Layton Robinson said, of my L-shaped desk, the middle butt of the computer I used to podcast, left. And mm. then, who's this guy? S.P. Rupert. He said, mine <laughs> is on the right. Yep. Well... <laughs> And ironically, right now, my mic is on the left but that's just because <laughs> I'm using the RE320 as the second bike for this episode. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see where people put their microphones. And what I had asked, though, was where is your mixer recorder? And that, I think, is more textual when you're podcasting because the microphone, you can speak to either side. But the mixer recorder, you're going to actually be manipulating or you could be manipulating it during the recording. And for you, I could have. I could have gone a step further with a third question. I could have said, okay, so your stream deck, you know, where do you put your stream deck or your soundboard or something like that? Yeah. But I just was asking mixer right or left. I feel more comfortable on my right-hand side. The problem though, is I also have my mouse there. So I'm constrained on my right-hand side where my uh, right hand can go because my keyboard's in front of me. And then I have my mouse in a very constrained space and then I have the mixer recorder. Now, thankfully, the Rodecaster Pro 2 is a vastly smaller piece of gear than what I've been used to. It is big for people that want minimalist, right? But it's smaller so I can have it there and the mouse and the keyboard. But it just got me thinking, you know, am I, am I doing things wrong? Should I be riding the favorites with my left hand, not my right hand sort of thing? I mean... Whatever. So that's why I asked. And I'm glad that people said right and left as they answered the question. Uh, Damien said left, both for the L12 and the Scarlet Solo. So like I said, he's got two devices. SP's murdered beard used to be on the right. Now he's on the left. And there's no two posts. So I don't know if that was a 10 minute change or not. <laughs> uh, Damien said, oh, but when we record the show, it's on the right and behind me a few feet. That's when he's DMing. And uh, Waffle said, recording equipment on the right, mic coming from the left. Uh, for me, for the longest time, it was right. And then when I did my whole desk change recently, I moved it to the left because just the way that the desk is, uh, I got a lot more room to my left. So it just made sense. But I'm curious if people, you know, people have given the right or the left. Do they lean more towards, you know, their dominant hand? Is is that something? Yeah. And and I would think they would because your stream deck question is a great, great question. For those of you who aren't familiar, I use a stream deck while we are recording to help switch between all these different scenes and everything and play all the stuff. And I actually have all of my audio bumpers and everything all playing through there. And I absolutely have always preferred to have it near my right hand somewhere where I can easily grab it with my right hand, which is, I am, I am right hand dominant. I'm a righty. So. Yeah. Also in the chat, in the live chat, Wico Widow said, right. And he was talking about the microphone at that point in time. He said, right, because it's against the wall and out of the way when stored. So he pushes the microphone arm back and that's where the mic is. So he just brings out kind of like I, I do with my big arm that the sure is on right now. It's just off to the right. So that's what Wico Widow does. And 
You know, I've been looking at this this setup for years and years, thinking I should have done the arm and everything from the left. There's a reason why it's on the right, and I come to that reason every single time because it's right against the door and the desk is out a little ways. And if the desk was closer to the door, it would be impeding the door and that sort of thing. So for me, the right is the only way that I could have the mic arm where it is. But uh, to be honest with you, I would love for it to be on the left-hand side, and it's just not. So, oh, well. Disagree. Get yourself a ribbon microphone and suspend it from the ceiling like you see in all those 80s music videos. Sure, I could use your chain <laughs> trick. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for answering that. We do greatly appreciate that. That's a fun conversation. And if you'd like to participate, head on over to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. There are a couple threads in the Better Podcasting channel about that. Uh, we also, by the way, had people uh, comment a couple other things. First off, Waffles said, pound sand. And he actually said it with the uh, the pound symbol, like the currency symbol. Well yeah, done, Waffles. The British pound. Yeah, well done. Well done. And then uh, we had some USB-C talk on the, the heels of our discussion last week, all about the USB-C coming to the iPhone 15. And Yakko said, we're already used to dongle hell, so it won't be too much different from how things are now. Long term, it will be a big improvement as people upgrade phones. And this was just in reference to the whole thing we were discussing last week about how if you've got some iPhone accessories now and you get yourself an iPhone 15 or later, you're going to need to make sure you have a way to get that current gen iPhone accessory, which will likely have a lightning tip on it, adapted to the USB-C. And then also uh, Waffle says, I've always thought of the universality of the connection as the plug type and not what it can do while plugged in. And this was in reference to what you were bringing up, SP, rightfully so, about how USB-C is not all the same. No, unfortunately, there are chips within the actual USB-C connector that can be programmed to only work with certain devices and either be data or power or both. But you could be limited in the cord. So don't assume your USB-C cord can be used with your device in the manner that you want to use it. You're going to have to test it or if you buy it specifically. And that's that, that's the problem is you're going to have to buy some of these cords specifically from the manufacturer or from the company, and they're going to jack up the price for it. So it's, it's a bonus that it's all USB-C and it's a detriment that they could and some do limit the functionality. And we also got a comment from Scatmaker saying, finally caught up with better podcasting. I really got to get all my subscriptions set up in another podcatcher. Some weirdness occurred with Google Podcasts and the BP feed earlier this year, but I think I'm caught up now. <sighs> Google Podcasts. You're nemesis. It's you're just nemesis. like one thing after another. And, you know, I've had this happen to podcasts I was subscribed to. I just don't get it. Um, I, I get it from why. It happens because Google Podcasts does things weird. So I know the technical reason that it keeps doing it because they like to assume they know better than you and change things. But it, do it doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense at all. A matter of fact, um, I, I didn't want to tell you this before, but the uh, Gonna Geek show feed mm. is actually like the Gonna Geek main page feed. So any podcast that's on the front page ends up in that feed. So thank you very much, Google. I, I kind of, I, I'm not going to lie. You know, I said I'm a Google guy. I almost want to say 
if if I was podcasting, I would almost want to say, get your pod. You can get better podcasting wherever you get your podcast, except for Google Podcasts, because I hate it. Um, I I'd almost like like legitimately not want to be on Google Podcasts because this problem ha- comes up for many people. So a lot of the apps that people use on the iPhone, uh, there's still a lot of people that use the podcast app. I transitioned to Overcast years ago when the podcast app had issues and I have never gone back. A lot of people on the Android side of the house use uh, Beyond Pod or Pocket Casts over there. And then as your favorite saying goes, Stephen, a lot of people are where they already listen to music and radio shows and they go to like Pandora or Spotify. Spotify is a big one. Mm. that everybody goes to or or even let's let's face it even though we talked about it and argued about it at the beginning of the show youtube is Mm. is where people are so as far as a pod catcher i would encourage you whatever i don't know what phone is being used here but i would encourage you to probably either use overcast or pocket casts or beyond pod those are the the big three that i would go for and and you it, once you're in that architecture, you'd be like, oh, this is so much better than Google Podcasts. Uh, also, you wanted to give an update about your uh, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. refresh, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So I've been trying to refresh the feed by going in because, you know, Apple Podcasts uh, did the whole thing with the episode numbers and they they basically backtracked and said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let them back in or, yeah, you know, we're not. What they did is they said, we're not going to use the episode number that's in the RSS feed that we specifically said in 2017 at WWDC that we wanted you to use and take it out of your title for your episode. Uh, They're no longer showing that tag. So in order for your episode number to show in your title, you have to actually put it back in your title. So I've been going back and and redoing the titles of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, I've gotten all the way this is an update for everybody that's, that really wants to know how fast this process is going. There's four, more than 475 uh, podcasts on the feed right now, like 482, I believe, right now. Uh, I'm all the way to episode 35. And then also, I wanted to say that as I've been doing this, I have been going back and listening. The first podcast was awful. And honestly, I did go back to the original recording, and I tried to uh, remaster it but on four, because my bass is it basically I had an old Behringer mixer at the time and I just turned the low frequency all the way up because I wanted that deep bass tone to it, right? And unfortunately, uh, yeah, it's it's and it's distorting and everything. I'm like, I, I got to get rid of this. So I went in there to the recording, which unfortunately wasn't just me. It was on a track with somebody else. And I went in and I tried to do a frequency cut. So anything... Uh, lower than 150 megahertz, I try to take out, and and I sound underwater and really bad. So I, there's no way to fix it with the tools that I have on hand right now. And I'm looking forward, as Stephen told me in chat, uh, I'm looking forward to that AI processing to go in there and to be able to reprocess it because it just sounds terrible. Also, I want to say that you learn a lot listening to yourself from mm. 10 years ago. Because you don't change all that much. Now, it's been more than 10 years. This was back in 20... Well, it's been 10 years. It was 2014. It's now 2023. So 10 years ago, I had some of the same tendencies. I had little stutters in my words. And the big thing, though, is I didn't let my other hosts talk. I didn't 
take up the cues of they were ready to speak and they had something to say. And I preferred to run out my train of thought instead of letting them in. And I really am annoyed at myself for that because I talk too much and I need to not, when I'm on a podcast with other people, I like got on a solo show. Of course, I'm going to have to talk the whole time. But <laughs> if I'm on a podcast with other people, except for Steven, because nobody cares about Steven. Yeah. But if, when I'm on a podcast with other people, I still, to this day, uh, Steven knows this. I go in and I do percentages of how much I talk to how much my co-hosts talk. And it's a whole calculation thing that I have to do after I've produced the podcast and everything. So it does take additional time, but it's showing me that still 10 years later, I have improvements on my hosting and I want to enjoy other people and their opinions and what they have to say on the subject more than just me talking. You know, that, that is one of the things that I always grown up myself when I listen back to an episode and I hear myself interrupt a conversation or or not let something go away like you know get my point out i'm just like steven why didn't you shut up like i it, it, i i know exactly what you're talking about and it's it, it, definitely one of the things that frustrates myself the most about myself when i catch something like that happening and i'll admit it's embarrassing it's embarrassing to myself because i'm like there's no way i can go i can't edit this out i can't change it it's out there and it has been out there for years and i'm just coming back to it going oh for the love of whatever, for the love of microphones, SP, you just need to be quiet and let it go. <laughs> and even knowing that today, when you're the main host, when you're the producer, when you're running the show, you have to steer the conversation sometimes. And you just need to know when to let go and when to let other people talk and when you not talk. And I, I just, I haven't mastered it. Yet, after 10 years, it's something I've been struggling with. I also struggle with my minor stuttering problems. Steven, you and I had a, a talk about this, a, mm. long, a heartfelt talk about this a long time ago with my speech impairment, basically. And this is not my speech impairment. This is something that I absolutely could do with conscious training. And it just has not come. And it, listen to yourself um, I know the standard is like two weeks, you know, put a podcast out two two weeks later, listen to yourself. Okay. I, I can get that. And then you can see what works and what doesn't work on the spot and whatever. If you really want to know how to improve yourself, go back years and listen to yourself and go, oh my, I can't believe I sound like that. So we would love to hear from you. Have you ever done a deep dive into the history of your podcasting? What did you notice about it? What What sort of things did you wish you could go back and and give your former self advice about and what sort of things did you notice you've improved over the years please come over to our discord at betterpodcasting.com slash discord you can also find us over on a variety of different social media go to betterpodcasting.com slash contact and hit us up let us know about these questions and hey while you're in there let us know what have you noticed about us over the years we'd love to know what, what stands out about us yeah, and and be brutal as far as I'm because put your kid gloves on when you're talking to Stephen. But with me, I'm okay. <laughs> be, be brutal. I've been doing this long enough. I pretty much know what all my hangups are by this this point in time, and uh, I am ready to hear what you think. And I'll try to make changes. I, I admit it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be uh, fast, but I'll try to make the changes. You have anything else you want to throw in here before we go, SP? 
No, I think it's time to go for this week. We'll be back next week. Same time, same channel. <laughs> Johnny's nailed the first piece. He says, much older faces. <laughs> very, very mm -hmm. true. A little less hair on the top, a little grayer hair, yeah. even with Steven. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for episode 63 of Better Podcasting. I'm Steven saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but chains and mics excite me. And I'm SPC. See everybody next week, I think, unless we get taken off. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.